You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Happy New Year. Starting off the new year right with another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Monday, January 1st, 2024, and the vibes are already immaculate because the first day of the new year is a victory Monday for us 49er fans. Joining me to talk about the game as well as nominating our 49K Player of the Week, it's Weston. Weston, how you doing, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, Steph. Uh, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth considering like what better way to kick off the new year than clinching number one seed, winning a football game, a little victory Monday action here, and we get to talk about it and get to celebrate it and you know shout out to miss deb deb too who just put through some comments up there happy new year to her as well yeah everyone in the comments everyone tuning in whether it's on youtube whether it's on twitter whether it's after the fact you know listening (laughs) to this throughout the week our audio listeners appreciate all of you you guys have made you guys made 2023 awesome and i know you guys are about to make 2024 awesome and hopefully the 49ers can do the same uh, you know, if if recent events are any indication, I think they will. Uh, but, you know, Weston, I, I didn't really watch this game live, but I was checking, you know, the score. I was checking Twitter to see what people were saying about the game. I ended up watching the game after the fact, like uh, later in the evening and watching it live. So I already had some of the, I guess, pretext of what people were saying about the game. So a couple of things that I want to discuss that people said that I saw while following Twitter live as it was happening. Our defense is a problem, <laughs> which, which after watching the game, I was like, Are you sure? like they only gave up 10 points. Like yeah. are you guys. Okay. And then our, our offense, like team is an issue. Kyle Shanahan, he, he cannot beat, the, the commanders why is this game so close that was like you know all the first half tweets that i read um but then watching <laughs> it live i was like i waited for it to play out right because i saw what people said then i i had seen the final score so i knew the 49ers pulled away at some point and so i don't know it was, i guess for me it was kind of different watching after i knew what had happened because i kind of feel like if i watched the game live maybe i probably would have been a little upset that the score was so close going into halftime but how were you kind of feeling watching the game yeah i I think you know the overreactions of the first half are, are valid in some capacity especially coming off of a loss where you felt like our team got steamrolled you know by of a superior opponent versus the washington commanders but it was one of those things, Steph, like where you sat there and like, you know how I watch games, right? And I'm watching it live and I'm stressed no matter what the scenario is. I was pretty calm during this. I just felt like, you know, nature was going to run its course and what was right. the better team was going to separate itself. Um, but I also know that like, yeah, I can I can understand the panic around the defense. There, there were moments when when Washington was moving the ball a little bit, but yeah. still an NFL team. You know, this is still uh, they're the most dangerous of opponents. The ones that are playing for nothing to with nothing to lose. They went from benching their quarterback to announcing Jacoby Brissett was going to be the starter to him getting hurt during practice and having to go back to Sam Howell. Ron Rivera's probably last home game. All these things that you can throw in there that just make them dangerous. Right. And I think that's what they were doing. They were just playing dangerous ball. They were rolling the dice that they wouldn't normally do caught the 49ers a little off guard, but when all said and done, it was like, 
we've seen this story play out time and time again where it's like the defense feels like it has first half struggles right and then they hit the reset button and then you know everything settles down and and comes back to to reality but i I get i don't think the overreaction it's typical of 49er fans for sure (laughs) but i don't think they weren't not warranted based on how like the first let's call it first right. 22 minutes of this game like unfolded at the time yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just so funny how quickly those yeah, yeah. takes get cold <laughs> you know when you watch a game live and it's so so different but you know Weston what this game felt like it felt like two teams and one team that no matter how they played expected to win yeah and the other team, no matter how they played, expecting to lose. Like, it just felt like a, a team that's battered and bruised in the commanders that expected to lose. Like, that that's kind of what they've come to. And, you know, they're, what were they, 4-11 going into this game? Yep. So, and the 49ers, you know, going into it, they felt like they could probably sleepwalk. It felt like they were sleepwalking in the, the first half, um, you know, and – you think about the commanders having two starting corners out of this game. You think about them not having Jacoby Brissett in there, uh, multiple offensive linemen missing. So you you think in your head, oh, the 49 is probably going to be up like 20 points at halftime. No. That doesn't happen. But it's like, to me, it just looked like a team, the 49ers just looked like a team that you know, felt like they can just win this game no matter what. So they kind of just slow played it a little bit. It was light work for them. You yep. know, that's pretty locked in in the second half. And they're like, all right, let's, we're done messing around. Let's just put these guys to bed kind of thing. <laughs> that's awesome. And I feel like that's by design too, right? I think they, one team, as you mentioned, she's not lying i'm always panicking stephanie you know let's go did you guys like is this like, I, like a, I said, a I would, against I would, me? i was watching it live i would have probably been like panicking a little bit yeah too. but you could just tell like the swagger walking onto the field one team just felt was in their fields ready to go win this game the other one was like we just want to survive 60 minutes of football and that's a you knew it was gonna come correct eventually but i also think this was not you know, Kyle's or even Steve Wilkes, like most button up plans. I think they just kind of really felt like we're going to win this game no matter what. So let's not put it all on tape, right? Like who cares if we win the game by two points, three points, right? Like the goal is get out of here with the win. Let's try to be a little injury free. Let's see. You know, I I don't think any of us really expected to walk away with the one seed after this week. We thought we were going to probably have to play for it in week 18. So let's, Let's let's focus on that, right? Like against the division rival and a surging team right now, the Los Angeles Rams. And so I just don't think they put much on paper. And then early in this game it was a little bit about execution. 49ers got down into the red zone. They just didn't yeah. do anything with it. You know, it Even felt like the once game, they got inside yeah. the 10, that, that field got real tight for them and they just couldn't create the space. We could talk more about this, but I think this might be a lingering problem for the team is – They've gotten really good at explosive plays, right? 20, 25-yard plus like touchdown plays when there's a lot of field and a lot of room for separation, but seemingly have been struggling inside the red zone. But I also, benefit of the doubt here, think that, like, I don't think Kyle wanted to put anything on tape around like any jet sweeps or, you know, anything crazy because that's that's the playoff bag, right, where you're going to see that kind of in the red zone execution. But that could be a problem that creeps up on this team. 
And it's it's funny because like I've seen that become a conspiracy among fans, and it it it's kind of been a thing that has bubbled up in recent years as well. That it's like, oh, like Kyle purposefully, you know, did not throw the book at you know this team because he wants to place uh, save certain plays for the playoffs. And so he came in with this vanilla game plan. Is genius. He's he's thinking ahead in, in the chess move and all that. And I didn't think that was true when people were saying that about the Ravens game. It could very well be the case against this Commanders team, yeah. though, just because it's like, hey, we should be able to beat this team without having to try too hard. Let's just go out there, you know, get this win come out of it with not a lot of injuries or no injuries and you know that be it that be the end of it because I think also this game was served as a you know dusting off the the shoulder a little bit after that Ravens game he kind of just needed to to build that back up so let's talk about the fact though that the 49ers did get some help they needed help in order to seal the um, number one seed in the NFC like you, Weston, I was kind of thinking, I didn't think it would happen this week. I was fully prepared for the 49ers to have to play the Rams in a must-win game for both of those teams to be able to seal like whatever seeding they were playing for. I am so, so thankful. So thankful. That is not the case. And it is all thanks to the Arizona Cardinals and the Cowboys as well, who beat the Lions um, took care of business, but wow, what an upset for the Arizona Cardinals to go into Philadelphia. And I mean, Jonathan Gannon, man, Jonathan yeah. Gannon revenge game. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's not a lot of bad blood there, but even so they took care of business and they came out with the win and it was really awesome to see the 49er players reaction to, you know, those plays at the end there watching from like one uh, little yeah. iPhone screen and then yeah. a little, you know, box TV. I don't know who, who, who's responsible for that still being up in a uh, FedEx field, but yeah. What, what uh, an emotional, you know, couple hours for the 49ers. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Certainly unexpected. I know this is not, I'm, I'm going to do the, who am I putting on notice really earlier in your show right now? I'm putting the Washington commanders owners and whoever maintains the visiting locker room on notice. My little office I work out of here, I feel like is a nicer space and they have a better view of what they were watching, but really cool because of how unexpected it was. And like, so unexpected that like, you know, while I'm watching the 49ers game, you know, it's also fantasy football championships, playoffs, things going on, right? Yeah. So got the computer up on the side, and I'm monitoring that game. And you see Philly pull out early, and then all of a sudden you see, like, the, it, it, they're Arizona creeping back into this. And, like, I didn't even want to jinx it, so I'm not even saying anything, right? I'm not making a peep about it. I'm like, let me just see how this goes. I didn't even want to turn the game on after the 49ers game was ended, and they still had some time left because I'm like, they've been playing so well without me watching. Like, don't mess this up, Arizona. <laughs> Um, but I kind of, I think what was really cool for me is hearing the players talk about it after the fact. And sometimes you forget about the journey of some of these players, right? Like hearing Trent Williams talk about like, it's a dream come true to get this first round by and secure it, forgetting he's never experienced that in his NFL career, right? Arguably the greatest left tackle in the league has never experienced that. You hear Brock Purdy talking about, 
you dreamed about this as a kid, right? Your team was the one that secured the first round by. And I just thought it brought everything like full circle for a team that gels so well together. And that really has a ton of camaraderie in that locker room. It was pretty awesome to watch. Now I, Steph, I'm a little bit more skeptical, right? I remember back to when we last won the um, secured the first round by against Seattle in Seattle on the final play of football game, essentially. And we went from either being the one seed or the five seed and how fortunes quickly changed. I'm a big believer in having to play as much meaningful football as you can, as you get closer to the playoffs. And I don't mind the week off by any means. What I mind and I tend to mind is, Hey, Three you, for some of these people, they're going to go three weeks without playing meaningful football, right? But where I hedge my bets a little bit, the names that I'm thinking of, Trent Williams probably gets a blow, right? Christian McCaffrey already knows going to get a blow. I have to imagine Bosa is going to get a blow. Probably Warner, maybe a couple other people because you of all people pointed this out. You can't mathematically sit everybody, right? right. Some starters have to play. It's just the way it is. You're going to control their snaps you know, what positions you put them in, but some of those players that I expect to get that burn, they're not, uh, they're not first timers in this league, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like they are, they're well-prepared. They're upper echelon type players that are going to get a little blow. It's just the team in general. When you take them and knock them off of that rhythm, you just want them playing their best ball possible going right. in without a ton of time between that's where I like the concept of having to play for it in week 18 um, and then earning that, that week, but I'm not a dummy. I'm not naive. I know this is a tremendous opportunity for this team to get really, really healthy. And I also know that when they're healthy and fresh, we, we win five games to start the season. We, you know, we lose three, get the buy, come back, win seven out of eight, six straight, right? Like, so you can't help but feel a little bit more confident about getting that time. But uh, I don't think that, you know, I, I what I love about what I'm hearing with these guys is not anybody saying like, hey, the job is done, the mission's accomplished, right. just that, hey, this is a really cool experience that most of them have never been a part of. And and there are, yeah, some guys, like you mentioned, like Trent, who hadn't been a part of it. You know, 2019 was the last time that the 49ers had the number one seed. And there's still a good chunk of, players from that team who are with the team today. So those guys can kind of, you know, help set the stage a little bit to guys who haven't had that experience and lock in, right? Because the one disadvantage that could come from having the first week, uh, the first round by, as we know, is coming out of it rusty. And technically the 49ers have a bye week and a half because they don't have to have all the starters play or at least like finish the game against the Rams next week. So that's a fair concern. But I think the 49ers have certain players or certain guys who I trust for that to not be an issue. Christian McCaffrey, great example of that. You know, I think he deserves that rest. He's going to get that rest. And I'd fully expect him to be full go, like not miss a beat. He's going to put his best foot forward out there when the 49ers play in the divisional round. Like, I don't have to worry about him. I think there's a few other guys on this team who would fall under that as well. There's also a couple of guys who I'd be like, and I'm not going to name them, but I'm thinking like, mm, like they, they should probably play. You're playing. Like, You're playing. Yeah, like you should play because I don't <laughs> yeah. know if you should have like two weeks off. You know what no. I mean? No. Uh, so, 
you know, and, and that's the balance that I think Kyle Shanahan has to has to find, right? In these next two weeks, make sure everyone's like, um, you know, stays focused. I, I love that Christian McCaffrey is part of this experience because um, as somebody who's watched this game for a real long time, I see very few people that play with the level of urgency that that man does given his skill set and who he is and what he's accomplished in this league so far. So I think that is a really nice added piece that, you know, in that downtime, like I know we're saying they're not playing football, but they're being the, they're going to be, you know, at the, their HQ every day, right. Mm-hmm. Still getting their weight in, still getting their practice in right They're, they're going to be around ball. But if I look around and I see people like Trent Williams and Christian McCaffrey that don't want to squander this opportunity because this might yeah. be the only one that they get. I think people like that are going to keep that, heightened urgency and now i see the relationship that trent and debo have together right like big brother little brother i feel like like again these are just all things that point them in the direction of like guys one seed's really really cool but we expected that you know what i mean that's not what we we laced them up for this year and and battled through you know a couple rounds of adversity and, and here we go and the path is clear the path is set it's Go do absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, Wesson, I'm I'm glad that we're talking about a win again because last <laughs> week's 49k player of the week, you know, voting was it wasn't really much of a vote because there wasn't much to talk about as far as like who had good performances this week, a little bit easier. So I think I'm gonna kick us off here. Please do. Please um, do. All right. And for those of you who are first timers uh, watching this show, shout, shout out uh, Moon Man in the comments here. Um, you know, this segment, 49K Player of the Week, me and Weston nominate some players who had great performances or what we thought were great performances worthy of being named 49K Player of the Week uh, this week. So I'm gonna start off with Elijah Mitchell. And, and I'm going to say because first game back from a multi-week absence, and I know that we're all tired of Elijah Mitchell being hurt, you know, but when he is healthy and he gets his opportunities, it's hard to deny why he continues to get those opportunities, right? Like, yeah. I I think he's a, he's a great running back. He's trusted by Kyle Shanahan. You know, you always have to have that in your back pocket if you <laughs> want to be featured in this offense. And he had to play an expanded role uh, on Sunday in his first game back, like I said, because McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, exited with his calf injury. By the way, Christian McCaffrey should be okay for the playoffs. It should be about a one-week injury for him. He's not going to play against the Rams, as expected. That is totally okay for McCaffrey. But anyway, back to Elijah Mitchell. He has 17 carries for 80 yards, 4.7 yards per attempt, a touchdown as well. I just liked it. I mean, he helped keep the chains moving in a game where I think the 49ers just, like I said, wanted to go in and and get out and dominate time of possession, get the game over with pretty much. And I thought he played a big role in helping 49ers win on Sunday. Yeah, 100 percent. This is going to be the first name out of my mouth, too. So I, I love it. If you gave me the floor stuff, he was he was flying right off the board. Um, that being said, I know 49er fans, myself included, have been really frustrated with the availability of Elijah Mitchell. Um, but I, I think it's let's not forget in 2021, he was a huge part of the run, right? Like he was a huge part of it. Him and Debo were the offense 
throughout yeah. the playoffs and, and getting to that point. Uh, both played real big in, in Green Bay, and he just looked healthy, you know, and I hope he is, right? Like, I mean, more too often we hear on, like, Wednesday the following week, like, oh, you know, that knee again, right? Like, it is acting up. So hopefully not the case, but he just looked powerful. He looked strong. No nonsense, like, through the gaps, always falling forward. And to your point, like, in a game that just lacked pizzazz, right, and it was a game that they were kind of, like, were handedly winning by this point in the second half, did everything he was supposed to, kept the chains moving, kept the you know the time of possession on our side, kept our defense fresh and off the field and away from mistakes, and most importantly, kept Christian McCaffrey on the sideline um, so that he can heal. Because I assure you, Christian McCaffrey probably spent many minutes lobbying for himself to get <laughs> back out onto that field because that's just the type of guy that he is. But even he looked at it like, all right, uh, we're okay here like yeah. this is that feels a little <laughs> foolish yeah, yeah but that was that was 2020 a lot 2021 elijah mitchell is rookie year that we saw um yes yesterday and it was it was it was awesome um and you know hopefully that gives if he can stay healthy that gives the confidence when when mccaffrey needs the spill the you know like because he's gonna need it like he yeah. needs rest um feel like you got a competent individual that you you can put in there i just feel for like jordan mason in these scenarios right where he's kind of like is it my turn forgotten, yet? Like, yeah, I can the, do those things too. Child. Yeah, yeah. You got time, young buck. Just hang around. You'll get those reps, I promise. Exactly. Yeah, they called the McCaffrey neurotic on mm-hmm. the broadcast, uh, which definitely, yeah, describes McCaffrey and how badly he wants to be out on the field at all times. But Elijah Mitchell is going to get another opportunity, you know, uh, last week of the regular season against the Rams. He's going to be the workhorse so hopefully he come out of that game uh completely healthy but they're going to need to lean on him again uh i have full trust he'll be able to do that but weston who is your next nominee i'm going to put this person up because i've been hyper critical of them and i mm-hmm. and i tend not okay. to be so I've, you will get your flowers when your flowers are due in my opinion so for me this one's dre greenlaw mm-hmm. i've been I've been, like I said, very critical of his play over the last few weeks. And for honestly, and I'm just calling it what it is for a defense that to me over the last three weeks or so just looks sluggish and looks slow and looks like they need a break. He felt like to me yesterday he was playing with like his hair on fire. He was all over the place, um, led the team in tackles. Uh, Most importantly, no stupid 15 yard, you know, unnecessary roughness or um, you know, penalties, especially in that first half, where like it was just teetering on a balance right there. But I have also been critical of the linebackers and how they've been covering in this Steve Wilkes defense. And it's it hasn't looked this year like it has in years past. And that's both Dre, that's Fred, that's everybody. But he actually had a 90.1 PFF cover grade um yesterday, seven targets, five receptions, but for 25 yards. You know, as a linebacker, to me, that means you're keeping the ball in front of you. He was all over the field. Um, just making plays. I it's hard for me not to, like I said, he just to me stood out as somebody that looked healthy and looked fast when everybody else on the defensive side, for all intents and purposes, just feels like they're like sucking wind a little bit right now and need this, need this bye week more than probably the offense does. Um, so uh, yeah, Dre, Dre for me. I thought he played a, a heck of a game, a controlled game, a conservative game. Um, and one that we definitely needed from him, and hopefully he can stack that go forward. 
Yeah, I was on the fence on having uh, Green Law as as one of my nominees. I decided against it ultimately, but not because he didn't have himself like a you know a solid game. I mean, yeah, I, it was great to see him flying out there and and getting to the ball as he often does. Uh, but I agree with you. I think the the 49ers defense as a whole definitely needs this rest, man. Like, I think all the concerns that people are seeing, while it may be overreaction a bit from fans, I get what they're saying. I get what no. they mean because we've come accustomed to a certain um, standard with this defense. And the 49ers currently aren't meeting that standard. So in that sense, I understand why people are like, you know, we, we miss Eric Armstead. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Or like we, why is this defensive line not, not stopping the run, all this stuff. Um, and so they're not as bad as, you know, people on Twitter would make them out to be. Uh, but as a whole, I think they definitely need that rest, but it was good to see Greenlaw, you know, energetic and, you know, getting to the ball in this game. There wasn't a lot of missed tackles in this game from the defense as a whole. No. So definitely got to give credit to the whole defense for that. There were only three. Um, and I don't think Greenlaw was one of them. So, <laughs> yeah, no. he, he had himself a, a solid game in this one. Definitely a good nominee. I'm going to stick on the defensive side uh, for this. And I'm going to actually say Damador Lenore. Yeah. So if you look at how many yards he gave up in his coverage, you'd be like, Steph, like why? He gave up 53 yards. That was on two catches. Like, that's not great. Um, he was on coverage for McLaurin's 52-yard uh, catch yeah. or 42-yard catch, um, which he just, like, you know, got beat on. McLaurin, uh, a great wide receiver, often yeah. gets overlooked uh, for his talent. But, you know, that – he simply just got beat. I don't even fall him too much for that one. Uh, he had a pass breakup, though. He had an interception. And he nearly had, like, one or two others in this yeah. game. Like, he was just very – he was itching to to get to the football. And I think that's something that all the corners right now, Mooney Ward included, are are really trying to focus on. That's something that you want your corners to to really hone in on, especially going into the playoffs. Because when you get those opportunities – Man, that's going to help your team big time. And I, I just like what I've seen from these corners. I, I like what I've been seeing from Lenore. And, you know, I just had to, had to nominate him for his performance, even though, like, the numbers wouldn't necessarily show it with the yardage given up. But I thought he had a really good game. Yeah, The numbers are skewed by one play, right? By an all-world wide receiver. You know what I mean? Uh, and this is still an NFL quarterback. You give... You don't get pressure and you give them time. You know, most quarterbacks are going to pick you apart in the league, and the guy made a hell of a throw, um, yeah, a hell of a throw. play, and a hell of a catch. You know, where the corner is always at the disadvantage, especially running that pattern out of the slot. But we've been talking about Diamador week after week after week on this show. I mean, the man is playing at a pro ball level. I would say Charvarius is playing at an all pro level. Diamador Lenore is playing at a pro ball level. Um, and tell me what's wrong with that when your two corners are, you know what I mean? Like, what's what's wrong with that for what was supposed to be the weakest link of this defense? I think has been the strength when yeah. right now it it's has. it's crazy. Um, I didn't have Demo, I had Charvarius. So we'll just talk about them yeah. in the same sentence, right? Like, saw the same things you did, you know, Charvarius, what do you have? Three targets, gave up two catches for like a combined four yards. Uh, he had a pick mm -hmm. in a, in a very opportune spot. 
Um, one of the things that I loved about it was just like, this is going to sound like so technical football and I apologize, but his technique was so sound on that interception. Keep in mind, they were going in, right? They were going in to score Washington at this point and cornered in backpedal at all. He stayed, you know, he held his ground. He stayed right outside that line and just stepped up and was in the route of the wide receiver. Like that's why you're taught that. And it's so awesome to see guys who are playing such fantastic ball not deviate from the plan right not deviate from the assignment and deviate from your fundamentals um i don't even like i guess that's my my nomination i'm going right from your demo to charvarius war but in the same breath i think they're both saying playing the same brand of football yep and it's puzzling defenses because it's like now what are you doing maybe this is what's putting the stress on the linebackers because the only home that the other teams receiving core and pass game can find is over the middle right now because the outside seems to be, you know, I don't want to say locked down, but not, not an ideal, uh, you know, scenario for that's crazy. That's crazy because it was the opposite last year, right? Like couldn't get anything over the middle on this team, anything intermediate going on this team, but they struggled on the outside. Now what do they have strength on the outside and, you know, even if they give up some, you know, some uh, catches, like you said, Mooney Ward allowed two catches uh, or sorry. Yeah, he was targeted three times, allowed two catches. And if I asked you without you telling me, like if I asked you how many yards do you think he allowed on two catches, just four yards total, like that's just, that's crazy, right? Crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I think both corners are doing their thing. I think that's something that's welcome. The 49ers need that. I think. Like, in a lot of the concern right now with the defense, I think, is coming from the defensive line. And I think that's going to be somewhat resolved. Maybe not all of it, but somewhat resolved, hopefully, by Eric Armstead, um, especially on run D. So I think if the 49ers are full strength, you know, they got everyone healthy and they have these two corners playing the way they are and they're – it just feels like both of those guys are on an upwards trajectory right now, right? So yeah, if they keep absolutely. playing at that level, I feel really good about the defense. I don't know about you, but I feel really great about it. Yeah, but it, it needs rest Yes, and AA back. You know what I mean? And yes. I think you um, – I'd love to see the Sebastian Joseph Day get a, a little bit more ingrained in the defense and get some plays. I think that will help with some, some, some of the problems with – allowing the rush up the middle. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. But I think this – we're going to say this for the next three weeks, Steph, that the, the the bye week or, the excuse me, the first round bye is starting to feel more and more opportune to get the defense, you know, ready for this playoff push. Yeah, I think so. I think right now, like, the defense is just surviving, yeah. uh, which the way that, like, the offense has played most of the season, like, they can do that. But I think they're going to lock in uh, for the playoffs. They're, they're going to. They're going to need to, right, is what I mean. So, Have to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's that's hopefully what we'll see. And Patel in the comments says, is there an update with Eric? Either way, SF poised to go to Vegas. I mean, I think the, the latest update that we got from Kyle Shanahan was just that he, you know, he's not going to play next week. Um, but he has a probably good chance to go after – that so once the playoffs start because now there's several weeks or sorry yeah a couple weeks for guys to get healthy so i'm trying to find the official report but um 
Yeah, I'm trying to find the transcript. Uh, Kyle said, quote, Eric Armstead with his foot and knee will continue to rest him, get him ready for the playoffs, end quote. That's what he said about Eric. So that's yeah. that's vague. You know, <laughs> we would like something a little more specific, a little more concrete. But I think, you know, you know, Armstead's working his way back and trying so hard to get ready for the playoffs. So that I completely would expect him to be ready to go for the divisional round. Yeah, I mean, he's got three and a half weeks, right, until that that game. He's not a guy who has to practice um, to to get on the field. You'd like to see him out there working out on the sideline, at least suited up, you know, a couple days before for the game. But I think for him, it's it's just pain tolerance at this point, and it's more the foot than it is the knee. And it's the, you know, can you run on it? Can you walk on it? And I'm sure they have an open line of communication with him, like Eric, don't don't BS us. Like if you can't be you. I need to know because this is the playoffs and I need a body there, right? Like if this was like week five or six, well, give it a go. See how you can manage the pain. But in this instance, uh, no, but I, I I would expect the competitor that he is, we will see him suited up for the divisional round of the playoffs. I would fully expect that as well. I mean, so not too worried about the defense right now, Um, but I'm going to go ahead and nominate uh, my next Nominee for 49K Player of the Week, it's Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Seven yeah, catches, buddy. 114 yards. Congrats to him because he's now gone over not just 1,000 yards, right? 1,300 yards on the season. That's big for him. This season, I think he's at like 18 point something yards per reception. On Sunday, he had 16.3 yards per reception. He had that touchdown. It was Ayuk's seventh 100-plus yard game this season, uh, which tied him with Jerry Rice for the third most in a season in franchise history. Jerry Rice did that in uh, 1990. So, I mean, that's big for Brandon Ayuk. I know it's now started this whole conversation of he's he's going to be a chief next year because <laughs> the Chiefs need a – the Chiefs need some wide receiver help. But basically what people are saying is Brandon Ayuk's going to get that bag. Yes, he is. We're not so sure that the 49ers going to be able to afford him. I'll tell you right now, Weston, I think the 49ers can and will. You make this happen. Him. They're going to they're give him that bag, you, and he absolutely deserves it. You make this happen because you have one more full guaranteed, two basically two full guaranteed years of Brock Purdy costing you nothing. Right. Like essentially nothing. So you make this happen because we all know the minute the quarterback gets paid, you can't pay everybody. And that window shuts real fast unless this guy really is MVP conversation year after year after year. It's just what it is. You make this happen. You don't get cute. They will. They'll drag it into August like they always yeah. freaking do here. We're all can't wait because you and I are going to talk about it all off season. So yeah, like, we're give us some content. Hmm. But you make this happen. You figure this out. This is more. This to me, this is actually more important than Debo that this gets done because Brock plays a different, a different brand. I'm mean, excuse Brock quarterbacks a different offense. Right? He doesn't need, in my opinion, we don't need all the gimmicks. You need guys that run routes guys that are dependable, guys that catch the ball, guys that block like SOBs with their hair on fire for a Kyle Shanahan running game. And Brandon Ayuk is all of those things. And he doesn't say a word about it. Just goes out there and yeah. stands on his business week after week after week after week. You pay that man, period, point blank. I don't I don't know what else you're going to do. What are you going to do? You're going to let this guy go play in the NFC against you? 
a guy like that with that chip on his shoulder, he's going to make you pay for it for the next 10 years. Yeah, no. I mean, a, a lot of people forget to early in the season, the 49ers freed up like what? 40 million in yeah. cap space. They've barely yeah. tapped into that as the season has gone on. Road, right? Like, you just yeah. extend, kick, extend, kick, extend, kick. You know what I mean? You let the next coach worry about it when Kyle walks away from his contract. Simple, simple equation. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know we're going to talk about Ayuk and his oh. contract, how much he's going to get, like all throughout the offseason. So I don't want to get too ahead of myself here, but. You know, yeah. for the sake of this week, he is one of my candidates for 49K player of the week because I thought he had a he had a great week. I think he helped Brock Purdy, you know, bounce back the way he did. He's just been so reliable. Uh he was reliable again on Sunday. Yeah, man. I Brandon Ayuk is him. hundred percent. And he's been a model of consistency all season long, you know, uh which is weird because you haven't seen that from a 49er wide receiver in quite some time remember like the the 11 12 like 13 playoff pushes and you're like no wide receiver caught a ball in this game it was like all <laughs> vernon davis you know what i mean like, yeah that's crazy so it, it's, it's true it's it's been a while to see that level of you know a 1300 yard wide receiver that's not george kittle in 2018 mm-hmm. when it didn't matter um yeah Ayuk is he is 100 him I got one more. All right. I'm going to go Brock. Let's go. You know, (laughs) let's not sleep on the man. Like if anybody had every excuse in the world to crumble, it was this guy, 24 years old. Like, you know, was he going to turn into a pumpkin at midnight based on like the Baltimore game? You don't know how that was going to go. I'm not saying he did anything glamorous. And I definitely think the the game plan early in this was scaled back to build confidence a little bit on certain throws. But then there's two plays to me that said that's that is who Brock Purdy really wants to be and who he really is when you take the leash off him and when he's feeling himself. Obviously, and they're actually both to Brandon Ayuk. One of them was the touchdown to Brandon Ayuk mm-hmm. on the scramble mm-hmm. play, right? Where you're pointing and you're like, oh, God, where's this ball going to wind up point. right now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put it out of the back of the end zone. Like, that's all I'm thinking <laughs> in my mind, you know? But you're like, my God, cool, calm, collected, can get out of there. Plenty of time, set his feet, you know, tell your receiver where to go. And there was another one to Ayuk down the, the, down the right sideline, just in stride ball. Right. Listen, I know they were playing with – third fourth and fifth string corners right this is not about like the wide receiver cooking the Mm -hmm. the db the db was in his hip right it was just where the ball was placed with little separation between where only the wide receiver can make a play and we've seen him do that all year you know 22 for 28 average 8.2 per you know that's part of the game plan because that's low for him um what also wasn't a ton of ton of ton of yak in this game two touchdowns 88.2 88.2 QBR, 124 and change on the on the rating. And the most important stat of coming off of a four interception game is zero. Zero turnovers mm. from, from yeah. Brock. This game, for me, again, people are like 27-10, or when you really look at it, 13-10 at halftime, like whatever, you know, whatever you want to get upset about. This game was always about get right. It was always yeah, about exactly. get right, get a W, and let's inject some confidence back into number 13 and 
He carried himself accordingly. He felt humbled in the beginning of the game. Even when he made big plays, it wasn't over celebration because he's seen how the other shoe dropped. Um, mm-hmm. Brock, you can't you can't talk about this W and not talk about you know just a a well. I'm not going to say managed a well handled <laughs> game plan from number thirteen and a lot of good execute. I think I saw like one truly like errant throw that I was like, oh shit. That might have been intercepted, and it was like on one to Debo, like a little bit later in the game. But by then, the game was kind of yeah. out of hand. Yeah, yeah. I, he was also my last nominee for this week, and yeah, I mean, just because I agree with you, it wasn't like glamorous or anything like that. But we needed a bounce back performance from him, and I think we got it. I thought we saw from Brock this week. It, it was not him trying to do too much. You know, he wasn't trying to force the issue. I think he was taking what the defense was giving him. It kind of went back to basics a little bit. We also saw him, like, escape the pocket, as you mentioned, extending plays, which was something that maybe, like, he wasn't doing as much in recent weeks, right? Like, and that's part of kind of taking what the defense gives you instead of, no, I got to find, I got to find the big play. It's got to be here somewhere. Let me just keep looking. Hey, maybe you stay in the pocket too long when sometimes like I think Brock's still finding that balance between I'm going to make this big play and I got to just like get out of the pocket and see what I can do. You know, I I think he's still finding that balance. I think he's finding the balance on a lot of things. And he kind of admitted that, you know, last week uh, when he spoke with the media which I, I loved from him, by the way, like just how candid and transparent he was and self-reflective he was. But yeah, I think we saw like a few times in this game how him just extending plays was able to benefit the offense that, you know, the touchdown to Ayuk, as you mentioned, was a great example of that. I hope the, I, I was dying to see the all 22 because I'm like, yo, it's probably going to be even better to watch both at the same time, you know, seeing how Brock was able to direct in the opposite way. I just love that. So I thought it was a great bounce back performance from Brock. Like I said, getting back to the basics, getting back to building that confidence, what made him so great in the first place. And uh, yeah, and congrats to him because not only is he over 4,200 passing yards, he's now the franchise leading passer in yards in a season. And that's crazy. That's crazy that it took that long because it doesn't even seem like 4,200 is that much in like the grand scheme of things, especially the way the NFL is these days. Um, But Brock Purdy definitely deserves that. I think he's well on his way to beating a number of franchise records. It it is actually really, and congratulations to him, right? Like in a in a very storied franchise like the San Francisco 49ers to now own another record of theirs, right? And this one's a full season record, so somebody's got to match that production. But you think back on like five Lombardi trophies, et cetera, names like Joe Montana, Steve Young, Jerry yeah, Rice, man. Terrell Owens, Daniel right? Scrubs. Yeah, like, I mean, these are <laughs> Hall of Famers, right? Like, and you're like, wait a minute. They only four, only four thousand yards, like in a season, and like and and when, let's not forget when Montana was playing, Marino was playing, Marino was slanging that thing around for five grand yeah. every year, right? So like, don't tell me it was a different style of game. The 49ers were winning; it was a different balance of game, right? Like they still had thousand yard rushers and four thousand yard passers, all just in that thing, right? If you go look back at all those seasons when it happened. 
outside of the Garcia one, I mean, which was still a playoff run season, there was usually a Super Bowl attached to the back half um, of that that particular season. So congratulations to him. But it was still like shocking for somebody who's been following this team as long as I have. Like, God, that I'm not downplaying the accomplishment. I'm just saying, like, I was more shocked that like that's it. Like that was the number, right. you know, yeah, like yeah. it didn't feel like it was that <laughs> I, I, I forget who it was, but somebody put it on Twitter today um, that it might've been Jesse Naylor actually that yeah, I think it hey, was, he's probably going to break his own record multiple times. Right. Like, and it's like, okay, that's starting to make a little more sense to me. <laughs> and I think too, like we have to remember the 49ers weren't even like they, they were the lowest or one of the lowest teams as far as like their passing attempts. Brock Purdy, I think, was in like the twenty-something range. the The reason that Brock Purdy himself is different than the team is because, well, in the fourth quarter, you get a lot of Sam Darnold when there's blowouts, so that takes also into true. account the the team uh, passing attempts. But still, Brock Purdy like hasn't even thrown that much, so yeah, that helps put it into perspective as well. That what Purdy did is in fact impressive, even though. 4,200 yards in a season for a quarterback in 2023-2024, you know, not that crazy. Um, so, yeah. You know what's crazy for me, Stefan, or what I'm happy about is that he actually did this in 16 games, not yes. the 17th game, because yeah. the Purdy haters would be full steam ahead saying – he had one extra game. Blah, 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 blah. You know how this goes, right? You've been doing this long enough to know how just another opportunity to knock the guy down a notch, right? Or off exactly. his pedestal. And now they can't. Now now nobody can take away the production of the season from him. And you can call, insert any word you want. Dink and dunk, game manager, risk taker, does not matter. The record's his. It's his. And nobody can take that away from him. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, guys. Well, for those of you live tuned in with us, whether you're watching on YouTube or Twitter, like I said, this is a part of the show where we vote for 49K Player of the Week. So me and Weston gave you guys some of our nominees, our candidates here, and they are Elijah Mitchell, Drake Greenlaw, Diamador Lenore, Charvarius Ward, Brandon Ayuk, and Brock Purdy. Some of you guys have already voted. Thank you for that. If you have not Drop your vote in the comments. We want to know who you think is 49K Player of the Week for Week 17. Now, in the meantime, Weston, do you have any players to put on notice for this week? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it it's hard because I want to I want to call out the entire defensive line right now. This just felt like a game. This is a one-week thing for me, and I, I am hoping okay. – that the bye week and the additional rest for some of the bigger names will cure this woe. But for a guy who was playing quarterback, who's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL, and they have third string left tackles and right tackles out against the best defensive line in the NFL, and you can't get home. I have an I, I just I have an issue with that. Like, I forget the 10 points, whatever, you know, that you gave up. Great. Like, I know it was a clean slate in the second half. Like, this should have been, like, this should have been Chase Young and Nick Bosa determining right. who had more sacks, right? No, I had four. No, that was my half sack. That wasn't your half sack. Like, they just didn't get home. And and it's not like they Washington now granted in the second half they didn't have the ball a whole lot either so there wasn't a lot of like the the eat opportunities 
but they weren't calling three-step drop and getting that ball right out. I mean, they were five, seven-step, like a tradi- traditional, you know, playbook. It was just a little disheartening. Felt like it should have been a layup, you know, and, and I feel like more often than not, I'm seeing this defensive line throughout the season play down to the competition. Like they played better against the better team, you know, in my opinion, you know, like take Lamar last week. I thought they were in the backfield yeah. all darn game, you know what I mean? Against a far better offensive line. And this, it just felt like it felt like they took the week off. If I'm being real honest. That's fair. Like, okay. So when I watched the game, I was like, it felt like Nick Bosa had at least one sack and I was like, yeah, they, so they had a sack, but no, it wasn't a sack. No, wasn't he sack. had two tackles for loss. Um, there was a couple of tackles for losses in this game, but no sacks. I mean, it was clear that part of the commander's game plan for Sam Howe was just get the ball out quickly. Yep. So that seemed to work in most cases, but there were some cases where they just got close and it felt Weston a lot like it did right before the bye week. Yeah. It's so right. Good. Where they were getting very close yep. and you're like, they're getting pressures guys. They're just not turning into sacks. Right. And so yeah. again, maybe that goes back to our conversation of, is it rest that this team needs? Are they tired? Right. Is that extra one, two inches to get that sag? Is that all they need? The, these next couple weeks of rest to help them get there. I don't know. I hope so. I really do hope so. Um, but I, be. I agree with you. Yeah, it better oh, be, but I, I agree with you. I think, <laughs> I think it's been a little disappointing what we've yep. seen from the defensive line. And I actually, I put out a tweet um, a couple days ago and I kind of just gave people some stats of Chase Young's stats before he was traded to the 49ers, what he did in, uh, with the commanders in the seven games that he played. And then in the seven games that he's played since the trade with the 49ers yep. and one of the things was like he played, he's played 40% less snaps with the 49ers. I don't know why that is. I don't know if that's something because there's something maybe they don't like Chase Young as much as maybe we would have hoped. I don't yeah. know. Basically, I asked people, what do you think of the trade? And and the responses were like everywhere, literally everywhere. They were all over the map. It was like, yes, he's been great. Like Nick Bosa since then has gotten you know, X many uh, sacks. And then it, there were other people who were like, no, like I'm, I'm disappointed and he hasn't really done much. I don't think they resign him. And then other people are like, they definitely need to resign him, you know, get it, get him to an extension this off season. And then there's people who like, you know, kind of what you're saying, like, no, like still kind of disappointed with, you know, the defensive line and, and the way they've been playing, like with all the stars that they have, you expect a little bit more. And so, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Weston. And I'm also wholeheartedly hoping that the rest (laughs) is going to be the answer uh, to this defensive line and getting home. Because then at that point, you just need to win three more games, right? Like, come on, could you you guys just like get it together and get to the quarterback in three games? That's all. That's all we're asking, right? We'll so. be much more tolerable in the offseason. <laughs> I promise if we can get this. <laughs> yeah, because that that happens, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. I said that to my in-laws the other day. I was like, listen, if they win one, I will I, you won't hear a peep out of me. And they're like, well, bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably so right. True. So can true. we shout out Kristen Usechek by the by the way? Did you did Dude, you catch yes. did you catch this part of the Let's game? And 
Let's so, do it. Let's give her her flowers. Flowers. Please. This is what I was going to say. We Let's have to have it. a flowers moment. It. Kristen Juszczyk made the most awesome vest, puffy vest that Debo was rocking, all about Brock Purdy, MVP. I want to know where we can put it on Etsy or whatever it is that we can <laughs> find it, Kristen. I will order that tomorrow, like hands down. I will wear it to work. No questions asked. Just awesome. But I know we're being like a little facetious and we're having some fun here. But to me, this just also shows like this team believes in this kid. This is not oh, yeah. just like this. There it is. Like this is not just conjecture. Like they actually you want to know how they believe it? Debo's talking to, to Kyle Juszczyk and Kyle's talking to Kristen and Kristen's designing and Debo's wearing and Trent and, and Debo are behind Shanahan. Brock Purdy! Yeah. Brock Purdy! Yeah. Like, they love this kid. They love this kid. And I don't think they've felt that way about any quarterback since this has been the, the locker room of, of the team. But I, I just think this is the most obvious example of that made by your teammate's wife and you're rocking it down, which has become a runway show, right? Like you did these players entering the stadium. It's week after week. Who's one up in the next person or who's looks like they've shopped at Coles versus who's got their $25,000 <laughs> Louis Vuitton suit on, you know, like, and Debo rocks that like unbelievable. Kristen use You are queen for that move for sure. Yeah, I hope that's comes, her first name, by the way. I don't know if I'm making that up. Am I? Yeah, making I'm that pretty up? sure. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Kristen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just awesome. You know, in a week after Brock Purdy, you know, struggles with the four interceptions, and you come out and you just rally behind him, and and you Absolutely. tell him like, I literally have your back, <laughs> literally. <Yep. laughs> uh, so I thought that was a really cool gesture from. Debo and he couldn't have done it without Christian use check. So shout out to her. She's been, she, she posts on her Instagram. Like she, she posts really great stuff that she creates, like everything she wears for game day, she hand makes herself. So yeah, awesome. shout out, shout out to her. Um, but Weston, do you have any, who, who's your vote for 49 K player of the week, a week 17? I, I got to go Elijah Mitchell. Um, I couldn't wait. To, I, I'm so glad you went first and you came out and said it, but for me, it's gotta be, Elijah Mitchell, he just, it was just eerily reminiscent of the 2021 version of him. And that's going to be really important go forward. Um, Cause he's going to play next week. Right. So maybe even he just gets a few more carries in that, that divisional round. Um, Cause he will be in the, the flow of game where McCaffrey's getting rest. Like it, it's going to be valuable. Uh, and it looked really good, really clean at an opportune time. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk. I think uh, his performance was noteworthy for me. This was a tough one. You love when it's tough, right? Again, love when when it's a win and there's a lot of tough decisions to make for what I can play of the week. But I'm tallying up the votes here. Unless we get any last-minute votes in the comments, Brock Purdy is our Week 17 49K Player of the Week. He got four votes. Mooney Ward and Elijah Mitchell tied for second place, so they got a lot of love, too. And then Ayuk uh, had two votes. But, yeah, I mean, awesome week. I know, you know, next week there's going to be a lot of discussion about that game and what the 49ers do. Do you just let the Rams win and all that? I've, I've already seen, you know, people in the comments uh, tee off on that subject. Something that I'll definitely be discussing throughout this week. 
Uh, so make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel. Make sure you like this video if you have not yet. And if you want to know when I go live, make sure you hit that notification bell as well. Um, not just for my channel, but for Weston's as well. We're talking football podcast is where you can find Weston. That's the is that like the actual no. URL YouTube? Yeah, that's the URL. Um, okay. it, it will change in short time, but that's where you find us for now. I've been doing a lot of with you, Steph, but I agree. Most most importantly, you need to be subscribed to the 49 Carrots podcast channel. Steph kills it all week. Such a great variety of guests and difference of opinions. It's it's really, really awesome. It's like, I don't know. I don't have a better word than like must-see TV because that's how I'm watching it through my TV. <laughs> she does a hell of a job and she busts her, her ass for all of you guys out there. So uh, please, please pay her her dues and her respect. Well, Weston, I, I appreciate you, um, you know, always joining me on these 49K Player of the Week shows, one of my favorite shows of the week. And, uh, yeah, hopefully next week will probably be an interesting one, too. Maybe we'll have some names of some guys who don't get a lot of snaps usually, but maybe they'll have some great games. That's what it's all about, right, in uh, yep. the last week of the regular season when you have clinched the number one seed. Uh, but for now, folks, Happy New Year once again. Have a good rest of your Monday night. Peace.